0: I feel like this weekend is like a perfect snapshot or microcosm of this season and of this team in general, right? It's like you go into Montreal, it's a hostile environment. And yes, a lot of things didn't go their way, but they, they wilted. They like, it was not, it was not a great night, right? Then, tonight you come back against the team that you've been, one of the two teams you've been projected to play in the first round all year, it feels like. And a team that is currently in first place in the Eastern Conference. And you look really good. That's a nice win for them. And I think, you know, that sort of seesaw inconsistency is what drives us all nuts as fans of this hockey team. Yeah, I'm kind of, I mean, we, we've had the past couple episodes. I personally have lost it on a couple, and I've been very frustrated, and I listen back to it sometimes, and I think I'm overreacting at times. But um, like this week, I'm thinking about this episode, and you watch the game against Montreal, you watch the game against Florida. It's just like, <laughs> I don't even know what to think. You know, like, it's just, like, they're a good hockey team with a lot of good attributes, but they lose a playoff-style game in Montreal, and then they beat a team tonight that's the best team in their conference, and then all of a sudden I'm feeling like, well, maybe if they play Florida in the first round, they wouldn't have a bad chance. You know, like, it's just, I'm kind of, this is an episode for me where I'm just going to have to discover how I'm feeling through our discussion, because I'm just so, like... Like I, I, I'm not here or there right now. I'm just right in the middle. I, I don't know what to think about them. All I know for sure, to kick it off is they don't have a goalie. Still, well, but Peter Marazik, like, like that was a nice game for him tonight. You hope that he can build off of, build off of that momentum. But like, yeah, it's the goaltending situation is tough, and we're still waiting for Jack Campbell to come back and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Talkin' Buds podcast. I've been trying this new thing lately where like we have like a little preamble discussion and then then I break in the intro. And then break in the intro and welcome everybody to the show. Cheers, everybody. Another week. Um I think if I can keep going with my snapshot or microcosm analogy. I think Saturday night in Montreal. The second line, I want to hone in on the second line. John Tavares, William Nylander, Alex Kerfoot. Nowhere to be found. Then, the next night, against the Florida Panthers, huge game for John Tavares. And you see, if you can get that sort of depth support from that group, and in other areas of the lineup, Ely McKay with a really nice goal tonight, you see, that's what's going to help put this team over the hump. It's like, yes... Goaltending first and foremost is the primary concern. We are all aligned on that. However, like if you get more games out of John Tavares, like you got tonight, they're gonna, they're it makes a huge. You said it when we were watching the game. It makes what a difference it makes when yeah. he's going and playing the way we we know he can play. It's the difference between like I, I'm watching it and he contributes. He scores two goals and he's kind of in it physically, going at it with Goudis. and it's just amazing what our reactions are affected by when he scores. Like, if he goes out and contributes the way he's supposed to, like, the conversation just changes completely, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, maybe if, like, Tavares chipped in more. Like, we're seeing it now. He's chipping in, and when he does chip in, it makes a massive difference with his team. So it's, like, it's amazing just how, like, one little thing can affect how you feel or how this team plays in general. Like, it's just... I don't know, like the Montreal game, it's like Montreal is just, they've figured out how to play the Toronto Maple Leafs. They do it perfectly. I know they got outshot completely, but just the way they clog that middle and the way they just take up the middle of the ice, the Leafs really struggle with that. And then you look tonight, they play a high-octane hockey team, and you think that maybe if you're matched up with another team that's kind of similar to you, where goal scoring's the priority and that's how you win hockey games... And you get contributions from Mikheyev, from Tavares. Like maybe they aren't so bad. Yep. And they're and, and Mrazek lets in two goals. Like it's just and makes a couple nice saves and doesn't give up a backbreaker. Yeah. Yep. I mean that that's the difference right now. It's just like it, I'm such a I'm so fragile right now. Like it's just I, I I don't know. I'm having a really hard time like deciding where I am with with this team. Like do I want to go negative? Do I want to go positive? I mean <laughs> I don't know. I think you could go either way. There's definitely, like, I think, listen, as we head towards this first round, it's like whoever they play, it, it, there, there's a way to win, and it's what happened against the Florida Panthers. It's goaltending that is just, we don't need Vesna level no. goaltending around here. No. We just need competent goaltending that doesn't give up a back-breaking goal that deflates the entire rink. Mm-hmm. And we need more offensive support than just Matthews, Marner, and Bunting. Yeah. And but that ironically enough, we're sitting here praising John Tavares. Mitch Marner was on the ice and was a huge factor in both his goals tonight and in Ilya Mikheyev's goal. And they were both power play goals. And their power play, even though it's still first in the NHL, I think, has taken like it's not like they're bad, but they have they've kinda gone a little downhill if I struggled a little bit the past couple of games. So contributing John Tavares on the power play getting two power play goals against a team like Florida like that's going to help you propel your team to a W like yes. just t- capitalizing on those chances yeah for sure um can we talk about um Sheldon Keefe's refusal to separate Matthews and Marner for a period like at this point I don't even want I don't even need it for a whole game like I just for whatever reason, I don't know why, I don't know the science behind it, I don't know the the juju and other forces at play. Yeah, there's there's forces at play when it comes to this logo right yeah. here. John Tavares and William Nylander just don't play well. To, like they just they they don't mesh. Yeah. I think William Nylander is really struggling right now and that that like plays a part into it, but I don't I never remember a time where, like, they've had moments where Nylander has played well and looked good, but I've never really associated that as like, oh, him and Tavares are really clicking. Like, to me, it's just never really worked. So, you see tonight, and you saw when Matthews was out with the suspension. Like, Mitch Marner with John Tavares is a game changer for him. Mm -hmm. Um, we all criticized Mike Babcock, myself included. I was the president of criticizing Mike Babcock for his utter refusal. That was like the first for long time listeners. Like the first two seasons of this show was just like the Mike Babcock carving, show. carving yeah, Mike Babcock. It was uh, the Mike Babcock podcast. Yes. Carving Mike Babcock yeah. for his stubbornness. But we're seeing that with Sheldon Keefe right now where like his just refusal to break them up. And it's like, we, I raked Mike Babcock over the Colts for his stubbornness. And now I'm seeing that again with Sheldon Keefe. I wonder if there is some external politics at play. Like maybe those two have voiced like, no, we play together. We want to play together. And that's why you won't do it. Cause this level of stubbornness just doesn't make any sense to me otherwise. Mm. But I-, I don't know. Like I, I think it's worth a look just for a period at least to try and get, get them going. You made the interesting point of maybe trying um, McKayev and Engvall with him, which would be yeah. interesting. See, the my problem with switching the lineup is I get you want to get Tavares going and you need Marner to help him do that, potentially. But just Nylander, just Nylander's the problem. I don't, me personally, I do not want William Nylander on the same line as Austin Matthews. I don't. I do not want to see it. So you think William Nylander will affect Austin Matthews' yes. production? Yes, I don't Why? think. What is it about William Nylander that, that will have that impact. Everything, yeah. just everything about his game. Like, what is he going to do to help Austin Matthews be a dominant line? Like he, like he, William Nylander is very talented. And one thing he does very well is like score, score a clutch goal when he's in the open and he needs to score. But like, I just, I have no interest in revisiting Nylander and Matthews on the same line again. I do not. And you can't move him down the third line either because it's like, now he's just a third liner. And like, what's, He's not getting any help down well, there he's all, either. He's also Just not. How do you get How do you get William Nylander going? That's the question here. It's not so much about Tavares, because I think what I said about putting Ingvall and Mikheyev with Tavares, that's because those are two guys who are very fast, who can hound pucks and do the things that John Tavares cannot do, and they both can finish a little bit. So I think that's why that would be a great fit. But you look at Nylander, it's like, what situation can you put Nylander in to get him going? And some people think that's putting him with Austin Matthews, but I don't think those two play off each other in a way that Marner and Matthews do or Marner and Tavares. Well, because Marner, Marner, but Marner can play with anybody. Yeah. Marner, Marner's game is setting. Yes. Is a a creator. Yes. He's just like, whereas like you've got with Nylander and uh, Matthews, you've got two finishers and William Nylander with New York Islander, John Tavares might be a different story, but at the point that Johnny's at in his career, like he needs, he's not the guy who can make the Matt Molsons anymore. No, he's the guy who he needs a bit of help. He yeah. could, You saw tonight. He like, needs speed, man. Yeah, He yeah. needs speed and he needs four checkers and, a, and guys who can like make a pass. That's what he needs. And I, I just don't know what Nylander needs. And that's why I've been bringing up it's, that. It's clearly mental though with him. Don't you think like, Like We all said that he was their best player in the Montreal series last year. And then he started this season like a house on fire and he's just completely tailed off. So it's like, it's gotta be like mental with him. Like he just, it's the old adage. Like if you're thinking about it, like, like he's thinking about it too much. just like he, he carries the puck well through the neutral zone, but like, he's just, I don't see him getting a lot of dangerous chances. I don't see him setting up guys for dangerous chances. He's missing assignments, which like all guys miss assignments, but he's particularly bad at it. And when he does it, it, it it's a sore thumb. I've like, never seen a hockey player, and maybe it's just because of the external narrative that goes on around him. And like I've said this—if I've said this once, I've said it a hundred times—like there have been some polarizing hockey players in in this market. Yeah, Dion Phaneuf comes to mind. Jake Gardner. Jake Gardner. Yes. Yeah but I never remember a hockey player where it's like, like I've always said I'm in the minority on him because I'm down the middle. Like I don't love him. I don't hate him. But I've never seen a hockey player where their mistakes and their lack of effort just jump or seeming lack of effort just jumps out at you. Like you notice him when he like... When he, he turns a puck over, when he uh, half-asses a back check, when he blows an assignment, it's like you you just always notice him. Like, I don't notice David Camp blow assignments ever, and I'm sure he does it from time to time. But yeah. I, every single time William Nylander makes a mistake, I see it. And, uh, and the people who, who dislike him also see it. And I think because this is a really long-winded way of saying because of the polarizing nature surrounding this player, I think you're just honed in on him. And yeah. I and so I think that contributes to the mental struggles that he's having. I I, I mean, at the, at the beginning, I didn't like his game because of those reasons. Because you're right, it does stick out, and I do notice those things, and that drives me crazy. But now, just watching this team all year and the way he's played with Tavares, and just like, I just don't think... He fits in on this hockey team right now. I think he can go somewhere and score 30 goals. He has the potential to score 40 and get 70 points and be a guy who can contribute offensively to a team that's set up a little bit different. But I just don't think he's a fit for this team right now. They need his spot taken by somebody who does something different than he does. At at a high level, it's like, you know, you can't trade Nylander for nothing, you know, like it's like it's not like just get rid of him. You you have to replace him with with a defenseman or another winger or another center that kind of fills in what he contributes. But just when when I think about moving the lines around, it's just I, I just all that pops out to me is he's not a fit for this team right now. I just don't know well, yeah, how you get him going. I don't know. Once you start putting him down on like a third and fourth line, that's like role player territory. Because he's, William Nylander is not a role player. Like he's kind of like a, to me, he's kind of like a Tyler Foley type. Like you bring him in to score some goals for you. Like that's what he's like. But I just feel like with the Leafs, it's just not, right now, it's just not working for him at all. And I and I hope he goes to the playoffs and and is their quote unquote best player again. That's how you get people off your back. But with just the lines and the way they're set up, I just don't know where to put him. He's not a third or fourth line hockey no, player. No, that's what I just said. He's and not... I don't want him with Matthews. I don't. No. I don't want that. Me, I just don't. I just don't. That's think... a fascinating take. You're the first person I've I've heard say that. Where like you're worried that Nylander will affect Matthews' production. I mean, he did play with him for what two, three years, mm-hmm. and they had they had good seasons together. But I just think, in terms of like when you see. Marner, Bunting, and Matthews. They they get so many points, they score a lot of goals. But what they also do is just eat possession and forecheck hard and hound pucks. And when they're not scoring, they're getting chances to score. And just with Nylander, he's just not that type of guy. No. And when they played together, it wasn't like that. Yes, they did score goals. They did have good years together. But when they were on the ice, they weren't as dominant as this top line is right now. I think part of the reason why I've always kind of had, like I guess, like a, a meh, Attitude towards William Nylander is i he just he just reminds me so much of Phil Kessel, like he's the same type of hockey player as Phil Kessel. Yeah, he's. he's I think Phil was actually better mm-hmm. than Willie. Like, in oh, a, in his day, yes. Like Phil was like ninety points. Like he could pass the puck. He could. Nobody could. Like when he turned on the Jets, he turned on the Jets. Yeah. Like I think he's a little bit worse than Phil, but yeah, it's the same thing. It's like when what you said. Like when, when he's not in it and the effort level is low, it just slaps you right it does it's so noticeable I don't know why that is I know well I think I do know why as I was saying earlier um while we're sitting here talking about depth scoring and lineup I'm having this like light bulb moment um as we move closer to the playoffs this is a huge first round series for Sheldon Keefe too like Sheldon Keefe I I'm a big fan you're a big fan we've been very vocal but Sheldon Keefe has, in his two playoff series as Maple Leaf head coach, has been out-coached both times. Yeah. He got out-coached by Torrance in the bubble, and then he got out-coached by Dominic Descharmes last year. Mm. And this trend of not making in-game adjustments, not trying new things, not... like. Perfect example. Last year in the Montreal series, we were having the opposite thing where Nylander was cooking. So we were like, "Give Nylander a look with Mar- uh with Matthews," mm-hmm. and he wouldn't do it. And like, so I I'm thinking about this now, and it's like he, this. I hope when he first came in as Leaf coach, and still now you see it from time to time, he'll pull the blender out. But like, he when he likes a line, he doesn't like to change it, and I think. Yeah, it's it's a huge it's a huge uh, series for him too because his coaching performances through two playoff series, one a best of five, not even a full playoff series. I'll give him a mulligan on that one. That yeah. was a tough go. They had a tough year that year. The break, whatever. Like, I mean, that was a wasted opportunity. But it is what it it is what it is. But when I think about the Leafs and his coaching and how other teams coach against him, it's like every team or mostly every smart team that beats the Leafs come into Scotiabank and change their game plan around to fit a style that beats this hockey team. When have the Leafs ever changed their style to adjust to another hockey team to beat them? That's a fantastic They play the exact same way every single game, no matter the opponent. That is a fantastic question. Yeah, they're going to play their game and they think that the way they play is the what's going to help them win. When Montreal But don't you think that that is like an organizational philosophy yes. like, uh, yeah, like yeah, like that do. trickles down from Dubas. Like this this organization is steadfast in if we have the puck more than you, we're likely to win. And yes. I see that. But It I doesn't know. always work. No, especially in playoff hockey. No, you see the Montreal Canadiens last year. They just eventually they just shut down the middle of the ice, and a hard nosed third line decided that they just wanted to get chippy and score some big goals, yep. and that that was their downfall. Yep. And and Carey Price also played well. You just blew my mind with. Uh, yeah, with no, I was thinking that about question. that when you're talking about that. It's like because every team, like the Bruins, like all these teams, they just know they scout the Leafs. You know what you have to do to shut them down. Mm-hmm. And the Leafs never alter their game plan to shut anybody down. And it kind of alludes to what you've said in the past in terms of, like, when things don't go their way, they don't know how to adjust. And that yeah. just leads all back to that. It's yeah. like they don't know how to adjust a game plan. Well, because It's not so much about lines and putting this guy with this guy and this guy with this guy. It's about actually having a game plan of how you want to attack and but beat a hockey team. But it's team. also having the right players to execute that yeah, game plan. And they don't have those no, players. Because like, they're like all you all the look same. At, you look at Mason Marchmont on the other side with the Panthers tonight. Like there's a guy that Kyle Dubas, I'm sure he'd love to have that one we trade him for Dennis Malgin. Yeah. Dennis Malgin. And you look at the players who always have a good time playing the Leafs. Josh Anderson, big, tough, power forward who likes to get in it. If you look at Anderson's year, he's really not having that great of a year. Every mm-hmm. time he plays the Leafs, he looks like Gretzky. Yeah. And then you look at Tom Wilson. Every time they play Tom Wilson, scores at least a goal every single time they play him because he's the biggest, meanest dude on the ice who can execute the exact game plan to shut this team down. Did Ryan Reeves not score two? Yeah, play? Ryan Reeves yeah, scored yeah. two goals. I see. Yeah. 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 If you're oh. a big, tough dude who's intimidating, like you could just run rampant over this team. It's yeah. just. They don't know how to adjust a game plan. I think that's a very good point that he has been outcoached because they just stick to the same thing and it and it clearly does but not work. I guess the question I'm asking you is, is it being outcoached or is it we as an organization have decided we're going to play this way and we have acquired a bunch of players that play this way. So even if he wanted to change up his philosophy or play yeah. style. He can't. He doesn't have the personnel to do that. Yeah. And yeah, I think it does come from the top as well. I think it is a trickle-down effect for sure. That's the way they've described this team since day since day one of taking over. It's just like, we're going to kill you with possession. Now we're going to win because we have the puck more than you. We're going to win because we're going to score on power plays. And it's like Yeah, but that doesn't always work. No. Especially like, in the playoffs. Like look, look, Playoffs look at, is about winning battles. Look at, like, football like Mm. does a team go in and play the same style of defense against every team no 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 they they switch it up based on personnel Mm. and i just think they have to be a little smarter in terms of like we're all good hockey we all can score but at the end of the day we're all good hockey players so if we could put the egos away and not worry about scoring goals and focus on one part of our game plan that is eventually going to help us score more goals then let's do it true like you have to adjust yeah, I mean, wow, I feel like we've stumbled onto something yeah, here there you go. sitting um, talking about this. All right, before we get out of here, I have one question for you. I heard this earlier in the week, and I was like, oh, I'm excited to ask Ryan that. Um, The big topic of discussion on Toronto Sports Radio this week is like now we're in a situation where the playoff matchups, because the Bruins have come on here in the end, like they're kind of, yeah. I think they're going to be doing, I don't think we're going to know who they're officially playing until like right up until the end of yeah. the season. Yeah, no. If they end up playing the Boston Bruins in the first round, where are you at on that? The question was was mostly centered around, like, would you take the Bruins in the first round, or do you have PTSD from three straight first-round eliminations against the Boston Bruins? I, I, Not three straight, three consecutive. If I had to, like, rank it, I would... I would want to play either the Panthers or the Hurricanes before I play Boston or Tampa, but I would rather play Boston than play Tampa. So you're an anybody but Tampa guy. Yes, I'm an anybody but Tampa guy. I just, like, look what they've done the past two seasons. man. I don't I, care how much they're, people give me, though, they're struggling right now. It's like, Ryan, so what, man? They sat out their best player all year last year just to come back and win it again. And, and the guy looks like he hasn't missed a game. I'm sorry. You can, I've said this a 100 times about the Lightning. You can say Kucherov. You can say Stamkos. You yeah. can say Hedman. The only name that I see yeah. is Vasilevsky. And the Leafs don't have a goalie who can compete with him because no. that's a guy who can steal you a game. He'll steal you a game. What did you think of that Florida team? They're interesting. Because yeah. I see a bunch of like misfits. I yep. see Sam Reinhart didn't work out in Buffalo. I see Anthony DiClaire didn't work out in New York, Ottawa. He's been a bunch of places. I see Sam Bennett didn't work in Calgary. Yep. And then you have Huberto and you have Barkoff. And then like the rest of them are kind of just like and, and Mason Barofsky Marchman even. gets traded. Like yep. it's almost like they're like a collection of dudes who didn't work out somewhere else who came together. With Barkoff and Hubert Owen kind of created a bit of like a scoring machine, yeah, they're very fast, they're very they play very hard. they reminded me of Carol, I think based on what I saw, and the Leafs play them a couple more times, so let's i right, we might be eating these words, yeah, but like i I like the Carolina and or Florida matchup because neither one of those teams has enough guys to push the Leafs around like. Like you saw Radko Gudas all over the ice tonight, stirring shit up. Mason Marchment is is a tough tougher hockey player, but like yeah. they don't they don't have the the physicality. Like the the Leafs can play with those teams because those two teams' default is not we're going to m- challenge you for every inch of ice here. Like they want to play the same sort of puck possession style yeah. that the Leafs do. So I like the potential. If if you if I had to choose, it would be either Carolina or Florida. I think, is is ideal for them. And they're both unproven teams. Yes. Like, they've been – this is the first year where Florida's really taken it by the horns, but last year they had a hard-fought series but didn't win, and then this broad Brindamore Carolina team also hasn't done anything. So I'd rather just take my chances against an unproven team, which could be a bad move because if you know how – you could prove yourself in the first round against the Leafs. That's a very good way to start proving yourself. Yes. But – I mean, the Bruins, like, how many times has this Bergeron, Marchand, I know, like, Chara's gone, but they still kind of have that weird Bruinsy vibe. They always get to the second round or the third round. They just know how to push it. But One thing I will say about the Bruins, there's no Tuca anymore. Mm. Tuca's gone. And I know their new goalie is pretty decent, but, like, Tuca was a big factor. Yep. And then the Lightning, just like, I, I don't want anything to do with the Lightning. Yeah. No. Like avoid the lightning at all costs for this team. No, I'm okay. gonna be interested to see what happens when they go to Boston on Tuesday because that's another hostile environment, mm-hmm. and that's it'll be just it'll be interesting to see. Like like the Bruins are playing real well yeah, they're right now, really good hockey they, right now. They like they know how to get in the Leafs' kitchen a yeah. little bit, and I think it'll be interesting to see that. Th- the Boston crowd is always red hot. Mm. And it's just, yeah, that I I want to see them get up for it. I want to see them play well. And they made some moves at the deadline. Like they're clearly our team that is like we still have Bergeron, we still have Marchand, we still want to do something. Yeah. And we're still good enough to win a round or two or three. So I mean, we haven't seen them in a long time, No. Was like. So no, we haven't seen them. I'm in just months. excited to gotta get a refresh on what the Bruins are like because I I I'm not gonna lie, I don't watch every Bruins game, but no. It'd be nice to see uh, a refresh Bruins and how they match up against them. Um, what do you think of the, the Bieber house unis? I thought they're all right. Can I say something to anyone who was just so upset about them and saying like tradition and like you're... Because you're- they're black? I mean, it's the first time I've ever seen a black helmet on a Maple Leaf player. I will say that. It's a cool collaboration with the biggest pop star on the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, guess what? It's also potentially what is going to help convince Austin Matthews to stay here. Mm. They could wear yellow jerseys every night. And if you told me Austin Matthews is going to re-sign in two years, I'd say, cool, order me one. Yeah. Like, man, like, it's just something new. It's something fun. I just hate that. Like, people just love to complain. Like, it's like, it's a third jersey that they wore for one night. They might wear it here there here or there for, for the rest of the season. Like just people just, complaining about that are bored. Yes, just relax. They're bored. Relax. Yeah. Means Ugh. nothing. It doesn't mean the nothing. same jersey just black. Yes. And well then, the, the, leaf the leaf on it is like huge. Yeah, it's yeah. just like what it's just a black leaf jersey. I think it looks like, awesome. Yeah, like whatever. Like cool. All right. Well, I think we should get out of here. Um big week Ahead with the Bruins, and um, yeah, I just, like I said earlier, I'm really, I'm really excited to watch that game and see how they respond, and we're just continuing our push to the postseason. Yeah, next, like, two, three episodes are going to be tough. Well, it depends if they, if they play I think, I, I don't think so. Well, yes, they are going to be tough, but because they're all going to be about the same thing. I feel like what's going to happen in round one. What's going to yeah, happen in round one? And I feel like they're not going to go on a heater. I feel like they're not going to go on a on a bad streak. I feel like it's just gonna you're going to stick with this inconsistency where you see the good old Leafs one night and then they're going to play like they played in Montreal the other night where they get a bunch of shots, don't score, and then they're going to get dominated. I think it's just going to be inconsistency for the rest of the way. And, and then you got to see what Jack Campbell's doing. Yeah, His time's running out, and 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 we're we're a lot of people are counting on him to be the guy and. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they remember the last time they saw him play, but he was awful. Well, and they also, like, we got to see what happens with with Muzzin. We got to see what happens with Sandeem. We got to see what happens with Kasha. Uh, they, they've signed their other prospect that they love, Nick Abruzzese, to an, an entry-level contract. I'm, uh, we'll see if he gets a look. There's the whole Matthew Nyes thing, even though he's still playing. So there's going to be some interesting storylines. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for checking us out this week. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. Lots of new support. Lots of new subs these last couple weeks. So if you're a new subscriber, thank you so much. means the world to us. And, yeah, you guys are awesome. So if you're not a subscriber, hit that button. Hit that like. Hit that follow. Leave a comment. Lots of comments, too. Love the comments. Love it. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. This thing was freezing a couple I want to at the Blue The podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker